you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. chapter 27 and verse number 27. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, About midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these Abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you, take some meat, and for this is for your health, and there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all, and when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat, and we were in all the ship, 203 score and 16 souls, 216. 
76 souls. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a, with a shore into which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, everybody say, and the rest. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they all escaped. They escaped all safe to land. By the help of the Lord this morning, I am going to talk to you for a little while on a subject that I felt the Lord dropped in my spirit on Monday morning early. And I just want you to open your mind and open your heart. And I may miss in the words that I say, but the Spirit can speak things that I don't speak to you this morning, but I want you to open your heart and your thoughts to this subject this morning, surviving on broken pieces, surviving on broken pieces. Father, we come to you this morning. I pray against every distraction. I pray against every human spirit that would oppose what you would like to do this morning. I pray that the will of God would be accomplished in this room this morning. God, that every heart may be opened and every life may be subject to the word of God today. And Lord, by the conclusion of this service, that people that walked into these doors may leave here differently than the way we walked in. Let your spirit and your power accomplish the purpose for which you send your word today. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. I think it goes without saying that storms hit every area in every one of our lives. When certain storms come, Life seems to fall apart, anybody identify. And the right storm can make one feel so broken that it seems like we're not even going to be able to 
survive. If you can maybe pull the monitors down just a little bit, I have an incredible roar and a mid-overrun on me up here this morning. So how do I survive storms that seem to break my family apart? How do I survive a storm that wrecks my health and changes my whole life as I have known it? How do I survive a storm that causes my finances to fall apart? How do I survive a storm that leaves my heart so broken that it seems like I can hardly function? Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? In our text, we find the Apostle Paul a prisoner en route to Rome on a ship. And he is about to encounter a storm. He was going to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. Paul was falsely accused of being a troublemaker and stirring up riots among the Jews. The Bible says it was on the 14th night of the journey while still being tossed to and fro in the midst of the storm that was on the sea that the sailors sensed that they were approaching land and so they began to signal or sound to the land to wait for the echo to tell how far they were from the land and they became concerned because they recognized that they were drawing closer to land although they were lost in the storm and didn't know where they were. They were concerned that perhaps they would fall upon rocks and so they, the Bible said that they dropped four anchors and they prayed for daylight. Not only were they in a storm but it was also in the middle of the night, imagine a storm, middle of the night, not even stars for them to be able to use for navigation. For the clouds would have been covering those as the storm had been upon them for 14 days, relentless without giving them a break. They dropped their anchors and they prayed for daylight. Paul not only had contended with the opposition on the ship, even the ideas that had been raised that all the prisoners were going to die. Paul was a prisoner. Yet Paul somehow found grace in the eyes of the centurion, maybe because Paul had already told them before they set sail that if they were to set sail, that great tragedy would befall them. And of course the prophecy had now come to pass as they decided to kill them, the Apostle Paul tells them, everybody needs to abide in the ship or everybody is going to die. Paul had to survive in the darkness, in opposition on the ship, 
in the storm. Let me say to you this morning in the onset of this message that when you're about God's business, you will not only deal with opposition, but you're going to face storms and you're going to face dark times and there's going to be times that it seems like everything is against you. But can I tell you that some of the things that you deal with in life may be self-inflicted, but others may be God-ordained. Not everything that happens in your life is working against you, for God may allow some things into your life to bring pain into your life to get your attention. Some things come because of poor or bad decisions. And now because of bad decisions, not heeding the warning of God, the ship is now in the midst of the storm, tossed to and fro with four anchors that is placed. And they are praying now. They weren't praying before, but now they're praying for daylight. My brothers and sisters in this room this morning, every decision that you make will not only affect you, but the decisions that you make will have an effect on everybody around you. Mom and dad, every decision you make will affect your children and your household. Every decision that you make has more, it affects more than just you and more than just the here and now. But a right decision could change the entire course of the future. When we make a decision, we have to do more than think about how it makes us feel and how it helps us now and in this moment. But what is it going to do in five years and ten years and how is it going to affect us into the future? Paul warned them. He warned them about the storm. Now, they were just about to suffer the consequences of not listening to the man of God that had spoken to them. Just like us, we're oftentimes forewarned before we make wrong decisions. Yet, Paul didn't only give them warning, he also had a promise in connection with the warning. God sent a message through an angel to tell them that if they will abide in the ship, if they will abide in the ship, that they will make it through the storm. Child of God, the angel of the Lord still speaks with a promise in the midst of your storm. But sometimes we're too busy telling God how we want the outcome to be rather than asking God what he would have us to do to arrive at the outcome that he desires for our future. God 
is not in the business of forsaking his children or walking away from his people. Even in the midst of bad decisions, God has a way of taking your feet and making them like Heinz feet. I'm trying to help somebody this morning to understand that when you make a decision in your life, that sometimes a bad decision requires God to place your feet in places that otherwise you would have slipped. But when your feet were well nigh slipped, it seems that that's when God will come through and will take and direct and order your steps. For the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. I come to preach to somebody today that may be on the brink of a poor decision or maybe walking in the throes of a bad decision or maybe feeling like there's no way to get back to where you came from. I come to this pulpit this morning to tell somebody that God's got you covered. That God is taking his his hand and he is directing your path. How will I make it, pastor? You will make it because God said No weapon formed against you shall prosper. God has the power to override whatever comes against you. God can override the storm system. God can override whatever the enemy wants to bring into your life. This week I was at the store dealing with a a situation that uh, I had been dealing with for about two weeks and had led to frustration. And I I had the receipt, and uh, I had made a purchase back uh, the end of September, 1st of October, and uh, the the items were supposed to be in before the Thanksgiving holidays, and they didn't arrive. And uh, uh, we still had Thanksgiving. My wife cooked here at the church, in the church kitchen. Thank you very much, and it was excellent. So our oven is out, and so I had ordered a stove and an oven, and it didn't come in. And I, because of it being a specific size and a specific style, I couldn't just go and pick one up. They, they were all special order, and so they told me it would be in. It didn't come in, and we delayed, delayed, delayed. And finally, they told me we've set a date for arrival, and the date for arrival will be in January of 2023 and then the man said this really doesn't mean it's going to be here in January of 23 it means that we've moved it out of this year's system and into next year's system and uh, I said well this is not going to work we're going to have to find another way and of course they couldn't help me and so I asked for a refund and uh, about two weeks of trying to get a refund and they couldn't refund my money and uh, because they, they lost the order, uh, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't find it in the system. I took the receipt in and they said, well, it wasn't charged to your credit card. So we had to come back and pull the proof where it was on the credit card and take it back in. And we had to show them here is where it's charged on the credit card. And, and uh, then they looked at me and said, we don't know what to do. 
They said the problem is, is that the company had changed systems and they had a computer switchover and in the middle of the computer switchover, the order was made under the old system and now they had an issue because they couldn't make any changes to it under the new system and I, I asked to talk to the manager and the manager uh, came out and, and another manager came out and they finally had to get somebody at corporate on the phone and I said I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at my wits end and about that time uh, Brother Gary, Sister Nancy Irons come walking through just before I, I was about to start speaking in elevated tones. And I was so enthralled, I felt somebody kind of grab my arm and say, hey. And I turned and I smiled and I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> and they went on shopping, had their shopping done, came back and I'm still standing there. So after venting a few minutes and uh, we had, they, they laid hands on me, prayed for me there in the middle of the store that God would, God would save me from this untowards generation. After nearly two hours of waiting in the store, they finally got a manager that came along and the manager simply, uh, it was the manager on the phone, it was the manager of this, the systems manager and said, well, it's just very simple. You have to do an override. And the manager said, we don't know, we're not able to do overrides on this new system. And uh, so they had to get the right person on the line and the right person was able to do it and, and uh, to, to be able to make the override and, and to make it work. Here is the point that I'm trying to make out of my little fiasco on a Monday morning uh, of this past week. It is that uh, you have some things in your life and we go to people that we think are going to be able to resolve the problem. We go to people that we think are going to have the answer. We go to systems that we think are going to give direction. But I came this morning to tell you that there's some things that no system and no person are ever going to be able to change. But God has the ability to override whatever comes against you in your life. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I come to preach to somebody today and to tell you that God can override the storm. God can override what the enemy is wanting to bring to at you, what the enemy means for evil. God can turn it and turn it for your good. This ought to give somebody strength today to know and encouragement today to know that you can endure the storm because God has always been in control of the storm. But I tell you the truth this morning about storms. Storms can show up unexpectedly and storms can last longer than what you ever Expected. No, nobody wants to go through the storm. We 
we all want to bypass the storm. No, nobody wants to have to go through the storm. No, nobody wants to get have to go through it. We would rather go around it. We ask God to help us avoid it, to take it out of the way, to remove it from our life because storms can be hard. Storms can tear your life apart. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Storms can tear your life apart. Many of us know the promises of God, yet we are so ready to give in when the storm seems to come and it is too rough and too hard and, and, and we don't see God working in the way that we think he ought to work and, 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 and we've told God how to do it, but he's just not listening. We tell God how we, what we want to happen. We, we tell him how we want the outcome. We tell him exactly when it needs to be done. But when the storm comes, it's not the time for you and I to decide we're going to get out of the ship. Because if you abide in the ship, God will bring you through the storm. You got to stay in the ship. Look at your neighbor and tell him you got to stay in the ship. As soon as times get hard, some people are ready to bail out of the ship. This is what happened in our text. The sailors were trying to escape on lifeboats, pretending that they were letting down anchors, but Paul saw what was going on and he told the commanding officer, the centurion, that unless they stay in the ship, that that they, they would not be saved. It's only natural for us to want to avoid the hardships of the storm. No Body wants to go through the storm, but sometimes the Lord has a purpose that we cannot see ourselves. For the soldiers, it was safer to stay in the ship than for them to get out in the lifeboats. Does anybody know what I'm preaching about today? Uh, many times we will be in the storm and we come to church faithfully. But it seems like that nothing is happening in to, for our benefit. So uh, we, we think, well, maybe I, in my discouragement, I, I will stop being faithful. Maybe in my discouragement, uh, I, I'll, just, I'll just take a step back. Maybe in my in discouragement, I... I'm just going to take a break. It feels like I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm worn. Maybe I ought to step down from whatever I'm doing, step down from my post of service. Maybe I ought to even step out of the boat for a space of time. Maybe it's what I need to do to, to save my life. But I come this morning to preach a word of warning to somebody that's been in the storm and you feel like stepping down and stepping back and stepping out is going to be your answer. I come to tell you today that the word of the Lord is coming to this congregation to tell you except you abide in the ship, except you, ab except you abide in the kingdom of God, except you abide in the ship, you 
survive. The devil loves it when you get discouraged enough to want to get off the ship. Because you, you don't have any protection when you get off the ship. I know everything is not right in the church. But I would rather be in the church with all of its problems and have the Lord on my side than in the world with the whole world on my side but I not have Jesus. Take this whole world but give me Jesus. Look at your neighbor and tell him stay with the ship. It's the only way that you can survive. I, uh, we've got to be focused on our destination. In, in our text, the day was approaching. And Paul urged the men of the ship to rise up and to eat. The Bible said that they hadn't eaten anything for two weeks because they were in the middle of the storm. They were so nervous and they were so worried and the ship was so tossed to and fro. They, uh, they, they did not eat for two weeks and uh, Paul told them you need to get up and you need to eat for your own health's sake because we have some work to do and the Lord is going to save you if you stay on the ship. Just at the discussion of food, they they, they all got to feeling better. Their countenance rose. They must have been apostolic. Their countenance rose and they, they, the Bible said that they sat down and ate and Paul gave them a word from the Lord and told them that not a hair from your head is going to be lost. There, there'll be no destruction. There'll be no death. What what, whatever, whatever they needed to do, they, they, they needed to stay with a boat and they needed to make whatever decisions that they needed to make in order to make it to the destination. Let me talk to you for a few more moments and then we'll take this thing home. But my brothers and sisters, I, I want to tell you this morning that when you are trying to make the destination in the middle of the storm... You have to make up in your mind that you are going to do whatever is required of you to do in order to make the destination. Let me help somebody this morning and tell you it doesn't always seem like what you wanted. It doesn't always seem like the best thing for you to do. But if God says that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. If the word of God gives direction in your life, you need to say whatever I need to do. I've got my eyes on the prize. It's more important that I make the city than it is that I arrive with everything. As a matter of fact, the Bible said you're better off to make the city without eyesight and without digits on your hand than it is to be eternally lost and make it lost whole. I come today to tell somebody that you better make up in your mind that I will do whatever I have to do, but I've got the prize in mind. I've got the goal in mind. I've got to be saved. My family has got to be saved. My children's got to be saved. My ministry has got to 
to make it. I got to get on the other side of the storm. I've got to do whatever I have to do where I am. And it's not leaving the ship, but I'm going to make what adjustments I need to make in the ship in order to make it out the other side. Maybe, maybe some of us have some things in our lives that are preventing us from getting to where God is telling us to go. You need to let go and let God say yes to his will and his way and trust God to direct your path. In our text, the Bible said that they lightened the ship. How did they lighten the ship? They had to take the cargo that was in the ship. This, this ship was sailing. They had prisoners on board, but they also had grain on board. They, 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 this, this ship was traveling with more than just one way to earn a wage, but now they're in the storm and if they try to keep if they try to keep the grain on the ship uh, they, the, the ship is already ran aground and, 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 and it's starting to break apart now because of the waves that are crashing up on it so uh, it made no sense to try to keep the grain on the ship so they, the Bible said that they began to take the grain after they had nourished themselves and they began to throw it into the sea. They they lightened the ship. They, they threw out any extra tackling that they had. They got rid of everything that, that was unnecessary. They, they lightened the ship. And then the Bible said that they did something that I feel is significant to this church this morning. And that is the Bible said that they lifted their sail. They, they, they let go of the sail. They, they let the sail up. Now here they are. And it seems like the ship is being uh, tattered and, and torn and, and, and they've got four anchors set and, and but they saw a little ray of hope in their destination and it is that they saw a creek uh, and they saw that there was a shore that they could get out on on both sides of the creek and so they didn't just sit there and keep saying oh save us Lord save us Lord but they did what they could do for themselves Anybody with me this morning? I'm not preaching what you ought to do. I'm letting God speak that into your life this morning. But there's some folks that need to let the sail up this morning. They need to release the sail. You need to lighten the ship and then you need to let the sail up. I wish somebody would hear this preacher today when I tell you that you need to elevate the sail into the wind because what seems to be turbulence and what seems to be a storm may be the very thing that God uses to drive you on into the land. What's going on in your life may be the means of you getting there, but you've got to let the sail of worship up. Come on, somebody. You've got to get the sail of worship up. You've got to get the sail up. You've got to get some sails up so the wind can take it. Oh, I'm in a storm, but the storm can work in your favor if you'll worship it in the storm, if you'll pray in the storm, if you'll be faithful in the storm. 
Oh, somebody give God some of that worship right now. Give him some of that praise right now. You may be in the storm this morning, but you ought to let some sails up. This congregation ought to let a sail up this morning and declare, I'm not staying where I am, but the storm is going to take me to the shore. Oh, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. You can't do this by yourself. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to get you through the storm. You need to let your sail catch the wind of the Spirit today. You need to hear me today. Your worship is more than just noise. It seems like some of our services have been a little lethargic lately. Well, because we're all in a storm, I wonder what would happen in the middle of this storm if some folks would let some sails up. I wonder, I wonder what would happen in this house if some folks would come in and say, I'm in the storm, but I'm coming in with intentional plan in my mind that when I get in the presence of God, I'm going to let some prayer out and some worship out and some praise out. You need to catch, your sails need to catch the wind of the Spirit. It's more than just noise. But you're adjusting that sail to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost so that he can direct you in the middle of your storm. There's power in your praise. There's power in your worship. I dare somebody in this house to make up your mind that I'm not going any further without every day just deciding, now I'm going to take a little time out to give him praise. I'm going to take a little time out to worship God. I know I'm in the storm, but and then the neighbor may think it's crazy, but I'm going to turn on some worship music, and I'm going to start worshiping him in the storm. I'm on my way to work, and I know the boss isn't in my favor, but I'm going to worship all the way. I'm letting my sail out all the way there and all the way home. I know things aren't going well in my house, but I'm going to let the sail out until the wind redirects the course of my family. Come on, somebody, you need to hear the preached word of the Lord this morning and know that God has sent the storm and you think it is against you, but if you'll get the sails adjusted, it will take you to where God is wanting to take your ship. The third thing I want to point out to you today is that somebody needs to get honest about their situation. Because how we have a tendency to handle things is to smile and act like everything's okay. Act like, oh, if I fake it till I make it, everything's going to be all right. No, it's not. You got to get honest about it. Until we become adult enough and godly enough to be able to address where we are and what we're going through and what we're dealing with, you're going to always deal with the same old thing. 
I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I feel like I need to go somewhere else because I just got all this trouble, all these problems. I got this problem and that problem and that problem. And I bless them and tell them they're, they're fine to go. But sometimes I want to tell them, and when you get there, you're going to find the same problem. You're going to deal with the same depression. You're going to suffer with the same problems. You're going to still feel like everybody's against you. It, because the problem is not the enemy. The problem is in a me. <laughs> the problem is me. It's not my brother or my sister. It's me. It's how I'm dealing with the storm. I, come, I wish somebody would hear me. I'm not upset with anybody this morning. I love all of you. But the word of the Lord came to me so powerful on Monday and began to speak to me about where we are as a church. I'm going to talk some more about it tonight. But where we are as a church, somebody has got to get honest about where we are and say, no, the problem is that I'm not praying like I ought to pray. The problem is, is that I don't worship like I used to worship. The problem is I'm not living the way I I know I ought to be. Come on, the problem is not God. The problem is not the ship because this old ship of Zion has weathered many a storm. Stay in the ship. All you need to do is adjust your sail and admit I'm in the storm. But I gotta get back to prayer. I gotta get back to worship. I gotta get back to the things that have kept me through the years. Somebody give God praise in this house this morning. So the Bible said that they were headed to shore, but they hit some rocks. And when they hit some rocks, maybe a reef, the bow of the ship became stuck, and the stern of the ship was severely damaged by the forces of the waves that were pounding upon the boat and the ship began to break apart. The Bible says that they commanded those who could swim to save themselves and to jump in and Swim to land. But then verse 44 said, and the rest. Everybody say the rest. Come on, say it like this, the rest of us. Come on, say it like you mean it, the rest of us. That means me, the rest of us. The rest of us, they commanded those who could swim to jump in. And then the rest of us, they commanded to grab a hold of boards and broken pieces of the ship. Everybody say broken pieces. Uh, the rest of us had to grab a hold of the broken pieces of the ship. I know many of you have been severely hurt by storms that have come the last few years. It seems like that this church has been through some mighty, mighty terrible storms. We have dealt with severe sickness and severe diseases, strange things that have come upon so many people. 
we have dealt with tragic tragedies and tragic deaths. We have dealt with relationship struggles and financial troubles and brokenness and loss and people walking away without an understanding of why and we've been through a few storms. Does anybody know what I'm preaching about this morning? This ship has been through some things. We, we've gone through it the last little while and we have come to understand that although maybe before I got to where I was I thought that I would be alright trying to swim ashore but now I'm understanding that maybe that's somebody else that wants to say they can make it on the their own. You go ahead and dive in. If you if you can make it on your own, you you're dismissed. You can go. But the rest of us that are in this house this morning, we only have one thing that we can do, and that is to grab a hold of whatever piece that we can grab a hold of and say, I, "I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm. I, it's just a fragment, but I but I'm holding on. I, I gotta be real about who I think." I used to be but I've learned in the storm that I can't make it without the old ship and so I'm holding on to whatever I can hold on to. Your life has been damaged and you feel like that you're left with no value and nothing but broken pieces. God sent this preacher to this pulpit on this Sunday morning in December to tell somebody, I planned on preaching a Christmas message this morning, but the Lord came Monday morning. And he woke me up early and confirmed it with me on Monday morning. And the Lord sent this preacher to tell you that you need to hold on to the broken pieces. You think it doesn't have value, but it's what's going to get you through. It's what's going to get you just clean to the broken pieces. You're going to survive on those broken pieces. Monday morning, a dear sister in the church texts me and my wife and she said God had given her a vision and she felt like that she needed to share it with me. She didn't know what the Lord had already been speaking to me on Monday morning. The dear sister said, I saw a vision and in the vision. And I'm going to read parts of this because I want to say it exactly the way she said it to me. She said, in a vision I saw the church building. But it was not filled with people. But it was filled with broken pieces. Broken pieces were everywhere. It was just brokenness. And broken pieces. And the Lord said to me, she said, this place is full of broken pieces that are about to be made whole. (laughs) 
I see the time. Stay with me for about five more minutes. But upon receiving this on Monday morning, the word of the Lord came to me. And this is what the word of the Lord said. The valley of dry bones are about to be brought back together. I, the Lord, allowed the process of brokenness to happen in you so I can perform a work in you that I am wanting to do in my church and among my people. This season has required you to survive on broken pieces that remain. But know that I, the Lord your God, have put this in motion and that my timing is absolutely perfect. There is wholeness and unity coming to my church, specifically to Christian Life Church, a unity that is stronger and more powerful than it has ever been before. Restoration and revival and harvest is coming to the families of this church who have been clinging to broken pieces. Physical and financial miracles are about to be poured out, saith the Lord. Those who have held on to broken pieces of the ship will be restored. For I am the Lord your God. Somebody ought to grab that word this morning. You ought to grab that word this morning. Come on, you ought to stand with me. You ought to grab a hold of that little piece that you have left. I came this morning to tell you you're going to survive this. Hold on to that little piece that you have. Grab a hold of that little bit of hope that you have. Grab a hold of that little bit of joy that you have. Grab a hold of that little fragment that you have cling to it. It's small. It looks worthless, but it's valuable. Grab that broken piece peace. Adjust that sail today and declare I'm going to shore. I'm going to shore. My mind is made up. My heart is fixed. We're going to make it. The Lord says it's not over. This is not how it's going to end. It might look like old broken pieces of nothing. But it's the means of your survival doesn't look like much but God gave it to you just to give you something to hold on to he gave it to you to give you something to cling to I'm done preaching this morning it's between you and God now you can either reach out and grab a hold of what God is wanting to speak into this house and into your life this morning he is in this room. He is in this house. There is miracle working power in this house. God has a way of using broken vessels. It may be broken, but it's usable. Your life may feel like it's been torn apart, but you're usable. Moses' speech was broken, but he was usable. Esther came from a broken home, but God was able to use her. You may not look like much. It may not be too much left, nothing but fragments of the person you used to be. But God's got a plan to use you. God's got a plan to save you. You can survive on the broken pieces that remain. 
you are usable in the kingdom of God. If I'm speaking to you this morning, you ought to walk to the front of this room and throw your hands in the air and declare it this morning. The devil is not going to win. I'm, I'm going to cling to my hope this morning. I'm going to cling to my help this morning. I'm going to cling to my victory this morning. It's not over for you. I only have a little bit left, but it's enough to survive. Just a little oil in my cruise, but it's just enough to survive on. Only a little strength to worship, but it's enough to get the attention of heaven. It's enough to survive on. Come on, turn this house into a prayer room. Nobody looking around this morning, just you and God. Turn this house into a prayer room right now and declare I'm holding on. I'm grabbing hold of what's remaining. I'm going to survive on these broken pieces today. I'm clinging to what's remaining. what we're going to do this morning. There's room for everybody here in the front. If 
I preached to you this morning and you know that you've been living on broken pieces. Maybe you haven't responded yet. There's still time for you to respond this morning. Why don't you just reach over and take a neighbor and say, come with me to the front. Maybe if you're already here in the front, you just want to link with somebody and declare we're going to make this together. In the middle of a storm, there's nothing that is any better than having somebody to encourage you in the middle of the storm. Brother to brother, sister to sister, why don't you step to where they are right now and strengthen one another in prayer, strengthen one another in worship this morning and declare we're going to get through this together. There's room for you if you want to join us here in the front. Come on, pray for one another right now. Strengthen one another in prayer right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. your hands toward heaven and thank the Lord that he has sent a word into your spirit today. Would you thank him for his word right now? His word comes to give life, to give hope, to give direction. Come on, thank him for his word with a hand clap right now. Would you do that? Lift up your voice and magnify the king today. Hallelujah. 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 Remember service this evening right here at 6 p.m. Come early for
humanism. Pray.